first question, and the question I, I have for you is, have you ever wondered, does God really desire and seek someone like me? Well, the answer is yes, because God relentlessly pursues you. Yes, you. So let's, let's just go to this God who relentlessly pursues us in prayer for a moment. Heavenly Father, thank you for, for this group that went and for the other uh, close to 300 campers that met us there. Thank you for being with us, going before us, and you were there seeing us home safely. And for all the lessons we learned about just your love for us. And we just uh, pray that the Holy Spirit would guide us in your truth as we look into a little bit of your word. And just get grounded so we can walk in our faith and be your light. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, at camp, our teens and, and adults, we not only repaired homes uh, for those in need, but we, we looked into God's Word just to see um, that God not only desires a relationship with us, but He relentlessly pursues us. And, and we can define relentless as God's quality of never giving up on us. No matter what we've done, he's always pursuing us. And no matter how much we try to hide, he's still pursuing us. And no matter how unworthy or unqualified we feel, he, God is still pursuing us. And, and Bob read some portions of Psalm 136 for us. And, and we see in this psalm that the God of heaven, the God of God, the Lord of lords, that he's good he frees us, he provides for us, and he remembers us. He remembers us because, I believe Bob's version said, his mercy endures forever. Mine says his love endures forever. You see, God first relentlessly pursued us to bring us to salvation, a saving knowledge of his son Jesus Christ. That's his first pursuit of us. And when we come to know that Jesus Christ, that God the Son, who came to us, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, paid the penalty for our sins, died, was buried, but he rose again. And if we put our faith and trust in that Jesus, then we have salvation. He pursues us that way. But once God has brought us to salvation... He doesn't say, all right, you're a child of God now, enjoy your life. He keeps on pursuing us. Because as verse 23 said in, in Psalm 136, he remembers us. God has not forgotten you. Even when it seems he's not there, he is. Even when it seems he's not listening, he is. And even when it seems he's not answering, he will. Because he remembers us and relentlessly pursues us. So at camp, we went deeper just to see what this relentless pursuit looks like. And we used King David as look at seeing some examples of how God pursues us. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, King David, I mean, he killed Goliath. He was anointed king of Israel. He, he brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. You know, they sang songs about it. Why wouldn't God pursue him? But you know what? 1 Samuel 13, that's where Samuel is confronting Saul, King Saul at that time, with uh, the fact that he has not followed God. He has gone against God. 
And so in verse 14 of 1 Samuel 13, uh, Samuel says, But now your kingdom shall not endure. The Lord has sought out for himself a man after his own heart, and the Lord has appointed him as ruler over his people, because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. See, God was relentlessly pursuing David before he had done anything. I mean, he was just a boy out watching sheep, right? Just an ordinary young man, kind of like you and me, just ordinary people going to school, working, doing life, right? But yet God relentlessly pursues you. Yes, you. And so as we look at this relentless pursuit, we see that God chooses you, period. Period. And when God chooses, he doesn't make mistakes. He has a very specific and an awesome plan in mind. Uh, Ephesians 2.10 tells us that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which, by the way, God prepared beforehand so that you could walk in. See, he's been pursuing you before you were born. See, God knows what he wants, and better, he knows who he wants. And, and the Bible tells us about a man named Jesse who had at least eight sons, and so God has the prophet Samuel visit Jesse and tell him that one of Jesse's sons is going to be the next king. I want you to anoint him as that. But he doesn't tell Samuel which one. And so in 1 Samuel 16, verses 10 and 11, it says, Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. I mean, they were just going to stand there and wait until the one God is pursuing comes. And we don't have time, obviously, to really get into that account. But in case you want to read it later, spoiler alert, David is the one God chose but think about what just happened here. Have you ever been picked last for something? How do you think David felt? I mean, this wasn't friends just choosing you last on some game at the playground. This was David's father choosing him last. Jesse thought all of David's brothers were better qualified to be king than David. But God relentlessly pursued and chose David for something very special in store for his life. David was in an ordinary place, doing ordinary things, and then God reaches down, everything becomes extraordinary then. Now, you may be in the midst of an ordinary life, you know, going to school, working, whatever it is you are doing right now. Well, what if God used the everyday sometimes even boring things of life to choose you. I mean, I mean, think about it. God chose Moses while he was watching sheep. God chose Peter while he was fishing. God chose Matthew while he, he's basically in a toll booth. right? God chose Paul while he was walking down the road. And God chooses you, period. And when he chooses you, he makes this promise. God is with you always, always. 
Psalm 139, those first ten verses says this. O Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know when I sit down, when I rise up. You understand my thought from afar. You scrutinize my path and my lying down and are intimately acquainted with all my ways. Even before there is a word on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it. You have enclosed me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is too high. I cannot attain to it. Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to the heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the dawn, I will dwell in the remotest part of the sea. Even there, your hand will lead me and your right hand will lay hold of me. See, David never worries if God is going to be with him. His experiences have taught him that God is always there. And knowing that God is always with you, man, that's what gives you confidence in life. And a shepherd needs confidence because sheep, they can't defend themselves from anything. And the Bible tells that that when David confronted lions and bears... He'd just step out, save the sheep, confront them. Can you imagine that kind of confidence? Lions, no problem. Bears, that's a piece of cake. That's how David was able to defeat Goliath. First Samuel 17, 37, David said to Saul, The Lord has delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear. He will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. See, see, David reasoned, Well, if God can keep me safe against dangerous predators, that same God will be with me as I face Goliath. David knows he's not facing this giant alone. Matthew uh, 28.20, Jesus tells us, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. So remember, God is with you always. And, and the great thing, and, and Joseph kind of touched on that with his sharing with this young man. Uh, God forgives you for everything. David had kind of messed up in his life. You know, don't have time to, to go through the whole story. But we know David, he committed adultery with a, a woman who was married and he thought he would fix the problem, his sin himself, by bringing the woman's husband back, right? And, and uh, that way they would just think it's their child. But this man was so dedicated, he was on the battlefront, he would not be with his wife because he needed to be with his men. Now David's really angry, so he's got to work something out, puts him, make sure he gets on the front line so the man dies, and then he can take this woman in. David messed up big time, and... And uh, he wrote Psalm 51 here. It says, Be gracious to me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the greatness of your compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. And then drop down to verse 7. It says, Purify me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness. Let the bones which you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
See, David had sinned greatly. And he's trying to fix all of his sin when uh, the prophet Nathan confronts him and tells David a little story about a rich man and a poor man, right? Rich man had all these herds, all these animals. Poor man had one little lamb. Well, visitors came to the rich man and for show hospitality, he needed to fix him a meal. So he didn't take from his own herds. He took that poor man's one little lamb, killed it, cooked it up, served it to his friends. And Nathan asked David, you know, well, what should be done? Well, David was furious. You know, he said, man, this guy needs to pay four times as much. Maybe go to prison. Maybe he needs to be put to death, right? And then in 2 Samuel 12, verse 7, Nathan said to David, you are the man. You are the man. And in verse 13, David replied, David, then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has taken away your sin. You shall not die. See, David messed up big time. That's why he called out to God, Create in me a pure heart. You know, Renew that steadfast spirit in me. Because you see, God forgives you everything. everything. And, and these are just a few points that we, we learned that week. Um, and you may have been thinking, man, what great lessons for our teens to learn. That would be great for their life. Well, here's my challenge to all of us in here, whether you are a regular attender, whether you just come occasionally, whether you're a first-time visitor, know this. God relentlessly pursues you, every one of us in this room. God chooses you, period, doesn't matter if you feel you're qualified or not. God knows you, and he knows what he can do through your life. It doesn't matter what other people think about your qualifications, even if, like David, maybe your own dad doesn't think much of your qualifications. God does. He chooses you, period. So the question is, will you show up and be ready for the moments God has chosen you for? Will you stand strong and, and walk in your faith? Because as you walk in your faith, we need to remember God is with you always. Okay. What situation are you afraid to face in life right now? What challenge are you up against? See, we, we all face challenges in life. Now, some of us, we, we have these small problems that we must deal with. Be thankful because you will face a big challenge one day in your life. Others may have a huge issue facing them right now. But whatever giants you're facing, whatever it is that's in your life you have to deal with, always know God goes before you. God has your back. God is with you because God is with you always, always. Maybe the giants you're facing is because some poor decision you've made. Maybe like David, you've messed up and fallen into sin. It's moments like these that, if we're not careful, they will carry, we'll carry them around with us for years, and we don't need to. Believe me, you cannot mess up worse than David did. <laughs> you can't. David is known as a man after God's own heart, even though he messed up so bad. How is that? 
Samuel's told Saul that God is going after that man for that's after his own heart, way back in the Old Testament. But you know what? In Acts 13, 22 in the New Testament, God himself said David was a man after his heart, even though he had done messed up so much. Because he knew God forgives you for everything. Okay? 1 John 1, 9 assure us, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Wow. God pursues us. He chooses us. He's with us. He forgives us. So what are we going to do with these truths? I had one more point, and I'll close with this one that uh, we celebrated on, on Friday night, I believe it was. And that's the fact that God wants us to pursue Him. God wants us to pursue Him. And I, I, I love this. In Psalm 71, verses 17 and 18, say this. O oh God, you have taught me from my youth, and I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I am old and gray, O oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. David wrote this psalm when he was at the end of his life. And he's remembering his success, failures, joys, pain. And David breaks down pursuing God into two simple steps. Learning it and living it. We have learned God's relentless love and pursuit of us. So how will we live it? Well, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, first you need to be an active in a community of believers. Get active in a church. Not just attending a church, but participating in it. See, Jesus built the church. He is still building the church, and he is choosing you to be a part of it. Get into God's Word every day. We have the daily breads in the foyer and in the hall. There's still plenty left. You know, read His Word every day. That's God talking to you. Pray every day. Praise Him. Ask for His forgiveness. Lay your burdens before Him. That's you talking to God. You know, that's the way a relationship works best. If they talk some, you talk some. <laughs> And then walk in your faith and let the light of Christ shine through you to those you come, come in contact with. Let me repeat that verse 18, Psalm 71, 18. And even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. God relentlessly pursues you. Will you relentlessly pursue? pursue him. Let's close him.